Hi there, it's Samuel Cheung, and this is The Marketer's Guide. So thanks for tuning in. Now this podcast is all about decoding marketing. And today, we're going to decode LinkedIn with Florian DeClute. So thank you for tuning in, and let's dive in right now. Today, I have a very special guest. Uh, he's a friend that I've met on LinkedIn, and it's awesome that we can get this, uh, to have this conversation right now. So welcome, Florian. Hey, thanks for having me, Samuel. That's, it's great to be here. You know, I always love being on podcasts, so I'm a very happy man right now. Awesome. So Florian DeCult, um, maybe for our audience who may not know you outside of LinkedIn, could you please share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, sure. So uh, what I do for a living, I do growth marketing. So what is growth marketing? Uh, we pretty much help companies uh, grow grow using like digital means so what do we use we use facebook ads we use linkedin ads mm -hmm. we use tiktok ads we use the linkedin content creation so we kind of like look at all those different tools and see which ones will um work best for your business or which combination of tools will work best for your business and then we kind of create a strategy and execute it uh so that that's one aspect of the things we do, another aspect of things we do, which is more of our specialty, is what we call like commando missions. So let's say you start a business and you're like, okay, I'm looking for customers, but I don't know who my ideal customer is. I don't know where to find them. I don't know how to reach out to them. So what we do, we kind of like take all the hypotheses that you have about your messaging, about the, the, the channels that you want to use, about uh, the, the audiences that you want to target. And then we just run a bunch of tests and then at the end we produce a report and we tell you, okay, you should probably target these guys using this message, using this channel because that's that's you, where you, you'll get the best ROI. So yeah, it's a very fun job. How do you recommend it? Yeah, that's, that, that sounds great. I mean, like um, growth marketing, definitely something that... Uh, you don't hear as often because uh, marketers, obviously, you know, they're all shapes and sizes, all sorts of different people. Um, now, I know you when you had about 14,000 followers. Um, you're mm -hmm. currently at 17,000 and mm -hmm. climbing. Um, could you help share a bit more of your story of how you got here? Uh, maybe not so much on the LinkedIn side, but really your, your own path from... Mm -hmm. <laughs> For your own path into marketing, um, if you will. Oh wow! Uh, well, actually, it's it's uh, it's quite related. So, mm. just to give you some background, so I went to business school, and then I went to grad school. I wanted to become a diplomat. I did a thousand different things. I worked in diplomacy. I worked in teaching. I worked in sales. Uh, you know, kind of proceeded with my career by trial and error. Uh, and in my last job, so my job before this one, I was a teacher. And mm. I was a teacher in Thailand. Uh, actually, I was running a language school in Thailand. And the problem is that running a language school in Thailand during COVID is that, mm. you know, we didn't have a lot of students. So we had to take a pay cut. And, you know, we had, I had to work more hours and getting paid less. So I thought to myself I wasn't working out. And uh, what, what happened was I applied for a job. So I, I got a contact to get a job uh, at a company in Thailand. And the only way to get in touch with a guy who was supposed to help me get that job was through LinkedIn. And the guy wasn't reactive at all. So I, you know, I sent him a message and I was checking every single day LinkedIn. Like, you know, did he reply? Did he reply? Did he reply? No, no, no. 
But then the more I was going on LinkedIn, then I started like looking at my feed and I started seeing uh, Justin Wells content. Right. And, you know, it was right at, he, he was still, he was still a, a relatively small creator. I think he had mm -hmm. like 30,000 or 35, he, he was, he was relatively small back then. How long ago was this? Oh, that was like, uh, end of 2020. Right. That's not too uh, long ago. Yeah. It's not too long ago, but he, you know, he's so good at what he does that he, he grew very quickly, <laughs> but that, that's another mm. story. Uh, and so, so yeah, so I started seeing his content and, you know, back in the day, he was talking a lot about like how to's like, you know, how to build a thing online. And he just gave all those like bullet point lists. And I saw, I saw it. And I'm like, Hey, that, that doesn't sound too hard. So, so I, my resolution for 2021 was, you know what, I'm going to post once a day. Uh, I'm going to follow this guy's advice. I'm going to post once a day and no matter what, that's just what I'm going to do. And then I did it. I did pretty well. Uh, I ended up quitting my job, uh, in April last year. So it's been a year, uh, to, it was a year ago to two days ago. And, uh, yeah. And then I focused hundred percent on LinkedIn content creation. I did a bit of coaching, sold a few digital products. And then I think around August last year, like my current boss, he noticed my content and he, uh, he was looking for, he was starting growth marketing agency. And he was looking for a LinkedIn guy because, you know, he, he had a lot of expertise in like, like Facebook and um, like Google ads and equal emailing, but they didn't have a guy who knew about LinkedIn. So he took me on, he brought me on board to work, like to work on all things growth marketing, but more specifically on LinkedIn. And that's how I got the job. And so I've been, I've been on the job for eight months now. And so that's how I ended up in marketing pretty much. I put myself out there. I didn't have any previous experience, but I just showed what I could do. And yeah, then my current boss, he saw some value in it. And here I am today. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I do identify uh, as a teacher myself. Um, and I find that there's actually quite an interrelation between uh, being a, a teacher uh, and as well as content creation on LinkedIn, um, mm -hmm. because the way I see your content and probably many others, Justin Welsh included, um, the content educates and mm -hmm. it teaches something, you know? So I definitely see how, you know, someone like you uh, coming from that background uh, can actually do quite well on LinkedIn, but it's interesting that, that marketing became like a career for you. Um, what's, what's the most interesting thing about this transition for, from someone who's a teacher uh, and I guess a solo entrepreneur uh, mm -hmm. to become a, a marketer? Uh, I think the biggest, the biggest uh, change was, you know, when you're a teacher, you're in control of everything. Like pretty much, you know, you're, you're in the classroom, you got your students in front of you, you pretty much run the show. I mean, yeah, they do have some degree of control based on their answer or something, but pretty much you have an idea of what you want to do and you, you're just going to do it. Uh, when you're a marketer, especially when you're, you don't have a lot of experience, which was my case when I started, all of a sudden you kind of lose that sense of control because you're like, man, okay, so I have to write the Facebook ad and then I need to put it into Facebook and then I need to make sure the tracking is right. And there's so many things that could go wrong and things do go wrong and they blow up and you have no idea what's happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's that, it's that switch from being 100% in control of what was happening around you and what was happening in your classroom to being in an environment which was moving all the time and where everything could blow up at any moment. And the thing is, I didn't know the platforms well. When I started, I didn't know the platforms well enough to know where the problem came from. So 
you know, when I saw a problem, usually it would be the customer telling me that, hey, there's a problem. And I'm like, oh, all right. I, don't, I have no idea where it's coming from. So then I would have I would have to ask my boss, like, hey, can you help me? Because I, I don't know. But I learned very quickly thanks to that. But it's a very stressful experience in the beginning. Like, you know, the first two months were really, really rough because uh, it was really rough for everybody because, you know, we were starting the company. I, I didn't have the experience. Uh, they had to train me and, you know, take care of everything related yeah. to starting a company so so that, that was the biggest the biggest switch it was moving from an environment where you're in control of what's happening to an environment where you have almost zero control and but yeah. that was exciting as well like in hindsight it was exciting in the moment it was terrifying but yeah <laughs> <laughs> and yeah marketing uh, especially if you're doing it for the first time is really almost like jumping into the deep end of the pool uh, not knowing how to swim right <laughs> and then uh, Having to quickly develop the skills um, needed. It, yeah, and that, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. But the, the hard part about marketing is that there's there's so much bullshit out there, mm. you know. Because a lot of people, you know, they're like marketing consultants, and they start telling <laughs> you like, "Oh, this is how you're supposed to do marketing," but then when you scratch the surface, you realize they have no idea what they're talking about, you mm. know, and. And uh, so the thing is, there's so there's a lot of terrible advice flying out there, uh, you know, given by people who have no idea what they're doing. So it's also a field where you have to be extremely careful who you take advice from, uh, yeah. because you have a lot of terrible advice, and you need to know your sources. You need to make sure that the person giving you advice is. First of all, you need to make sure that the advice is relevant to today. So, for example, if you take Facebook ads advice from three years ago. That's completely irrelevant because the environment is completely different with iOS 14. Uh, uh, so you have to look at the timing. You have to look at the source as well because, you know, you have some people, they make a living selling courses about stuff that they don't do themselves. Um, and you also have to manage your cognitive load because, you know, there's only so much you can take every day. So you need to be very selective in like how much time you spend, you know, expanding your knowledge. And which, where do you get the knowledge from? Like, you know, what, right. what sources? Yeah. So I find that uh, one thing that helps is following the right people, um, you know, to kind of cut through the noise. You, you mm -hmm. almost have to develop some expertise. You can't come in with zero expertise and expect someone to teach you everything. Um, you almost mm -hmm. have to work hard, develop your expertise and follow the right people so that you can, you can take all advice, but with a big pinch of salt and kind of filter out which works and which Kind of doesn't work and and you know there are a lot of people out there who who has all these theories but uh, are not actual practitioners so you know how to you know sift out all these uh, knowledge yeah oh you 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 see it right away like the moment you start knowing a little bit what you're talking about you know how the platforms work and you know after you've run like one or two campaigns you see what kind of works and what doesn't work and you just look at the advice and you know right away you're like this guy knows what he's talking about this guy has no idea what he's talking about just yeah. by looking at the just by looking at the at the content whether it's youtube whether it's linkedin whether it's you know which whichever format yeah that's right um one thing i noticed about your content is that you are documenting and you're sharing actually what you are learning and in some way it it creates um the perception that florian uh, you you know what you're talking about. You're you're kind of an expert in marketing. Um, I just want to move and talk about something that you mentioned a little bit earlier. And really, the premise of this podcast is about decoding marketing because marketing is figureoutable. And you talk about problem solving. Now, um, I in my last conversation with Mason, we we said that you know problem solving really is kind of 
not just a marketing skill. It's actually a business skill. Um, what do you think about problem solving and what are some ways you think that we can actually get better at being problem solvers? Uh, right. That's, that's a pretty broad question. So problem mm. solving is really the key, right? Because uh, if, if you do business with someone, you, you pretty much have a problem and you want it fixed, right? So for example, if you go to McDonald's to buy a Big Mac, your problem is you're hungry uh, and you're, or you're craving a burger and the solution is I'm going to eat a Big Mac. So I'm going to pay McDonald's some money to get the Big Mac. I don't know how much McDonald's is in, in Australia. but <laughs> No, I, I'm not having McDonald's. I'm going to have a Tom Yum and a Pad Thai if I'm where you're uh, at right that, now. <laughs> that, that, that's perfect. It's cheaper as well and healthier. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but but so, so pretty much you know, the entire business is is articulated around a problem. So pretty much the bigger the problem you solve, uh, the, the bigger the problem you solve, the more money you'll make. And the number one problem that people have is that they don't have a very clear problem that they're solving or they don't know what problem they're solving and they don't know who they're solving it for. And that's really, really key because you have to approach it. So for example, uh, I, I'm going to use LinkedIn a lot because that's just where I spend most of my time online. So you see a lot of people, they say, oh, you know, I help B2B businesses generate leads through Facebook or, you know, as some generic tagline. So now let's change the context, okay? Let's move away from LinkedIn and let's go to a restaurant. So let's say you and I, we want to go eat sushi, okay? We have two restaurants. So you have a sushi joint that only does sushi, or we can go to the joint that sells sushi, pizza, burgers, <laughs> uh, french fries, salads, and uh, pad thai. Which one will we go to? <laughs> the sushi restaurant. Right, we go to the sushi place. So you got to really specialize. So you got to solve a problem for a very specific kind of people because if you solve it for a very specific kind of people, then mm. the perception of value is going to be a lot higher. And so, so you have a perception of value. So then how do you show because you know you're facing a lot of competition online, right? I mean, mm. let's say you make Facebook ads, you're competing with probably a hundred thousand people, including like a ninety-nine thousand who are cheaper than you, right? So, how do you actually show potential customers that you're the right person? Well, the thing is, this goes back to problem solving, right? The potential customer. So, let's say you do Facebook ads for plumbers, okay? So, the plumber he has a bunch of problems he's trying to solve, right? So he's trying to get more customers. He doesn't, he wants more qualified customers. He doesn't want to spend as much time prospecting. Uh, he probably doesn't want to spend as much time uh, working. So you would ideally have fewer customers paying more and spend less time looking for them, right? So your job as a marketer is to create content or advertise, like, you know, paid or free content, which answers those questions because that way, if I'm a plumber and I'm looking for Facebook ad services, then I'm going to be like, you know what, Samuel, I'm 100% sure he knows what he's doing because he creates all that content about solving problems, Facebook ads problems for plumbers. So it kind of like demonstrates your knowledge so that you reduce the risk for people to work with you and they're very, very confident like, okay, this is the right person to work, uh, like to hire because I know through their content that they're going to get the job done. And so that's why everything is articulated around problems. Your core business is articulated around a problem. 
your advertising strategy is articulated towards a problem because pretty much you're trying to address a problem in your advertising and your whole content is articulated around problems, solving problems through content so that people are confident working with you. Yeah. A lot of marketers probably don't realize it, but we're spending way too much time, budget on solving problems that actually don't exist. If oh, you don't yeah. identify, uh, firstly, who we are speaking to, if you don't identify the, the core problem that we're solving, uh, there are a lot of time, uh, energy and effort and budget wasted there, really. Uh, yeah, and especially uh, if it was, uh, Jason Vanna talks about it all the time uh, mm. in his content. It's like, oh, you know, Jason's get to know great. Hi, Jason. Hope you're tuning in. <laughs> I love you, Jason. Love your content. But you know what? He says it all the time. Like, know your, know your customer. Like, get to know them. Like, sit down with them, asking questions, figure out what their problems are. Because, yeah, okay, maybe it takes time. Maybe it doesn't scale. Maybe it's not cool. Maybe it's not, you know, like productive. It's not a productive use of your time. You know what? It's an investment. Like, you know, you if you speak to one customer a week, okay, and you do that for two months, you speak to eight customers, if out of those eight guys, six of them tell you they have the very same problem, then you probably have an idea of how you should brand yourself and how you should position yourself on the market. And that's a huge investment. That's a huge time gain down the line. And that's a huge budget gain down the line because you're not going to dump thousands of dollars every month on something that doesn't work. You're just going to focus your strategy on what works and what they want solved rather than what you think they want solved. So mm. it's really, really key to spend some time with your customer, get to know them, get to know what. That's right. And and if you don't have time to spend to spend with them, then you know do what Red Dot does. Like you know, just test a lot of different messages, different angles, different platforms, and see what works best, and double down on what works. Yeah, I mean the key key to problem solving really sometimes it's all about experimenting. Uh, because the honest truth is we we don't really know what works, right? We don't really know what uh, the audience will respond to. And that's all mm -hmm. part of marketing as well. It's kind of figuring out what works. Um, and I mean, just to, to add on to the point earlier about uh, narrowing down to an audience, um, this is how I put it. Uh, you can't be all things to everyone, but you can be some things to someone, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's all about knowing who exactly uh, the person you're trying to serve uh, is and how you can solve the problems. So- absolutely. I, I want to kind of move into talking uh, to the main, I would say you're talking about food, to the main course, uh, which, <laughs> is, which is LinkedIn uh, and building an audience on LinkedIn and growing on LinkedIn, building a personal brand. So I connected with you, I believe, when you were at roughly about 14,000 uh, followers. Can't remember how long ago that was, but you've since climbed to 17,000. And you said you started uh, on this journey uh, actually not too long ago. It was, uh, was it beginning of 20? Uh, January 1st, 2021, yeah. So we are actually slightly more than a year now with LinkedIn. So that's tremendous growth. Um, now, what would you say is the moment uh, that changed your mind about LinkedIn? Uh, can you share like perhaps the moment you started seeing LinkedIn work for you? Oh, actually, I was very, very lucky when I started. So, uh, so you know, you have lots of creators who tell you like, oh, you know, when I first posted, I heard nothing but crickets and I had like one like and 20 views and it was horrible. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> I, I wanted to shoot myself, but I didn't. And now, in my case, I got, I got really lucky because I, 
So the fir first of all, I spent a lot of time observing. So I wasn't a complete, uh, I was I wasn't a complete beginner. Like you know, I, I was still consuming content. So I had an idea of what to write on LinkedIn. Uh, but pretty much what happened was I posted. It was around, I think. So it was on January first, and it was around maybe like eight thirty or nine a.m. U.S. Eastern time. And what I put in my con in my post was first of all, I said that I was terrified, and I tagged Justin Welsh, and I said like, you know, I looked at this guy content, and you know, I'm feeling inspired and. I'm going to mm -hmm. post once a day because, you know, I, f I think it's cool. And like, you know, if he, if he figured it out, like, and I'm going to do the same, it doesn't sound too complicated. And he was back in the day when Justin was, you know, he was a lot smaller. So obviously yeah. he had a lot more time to engage in other people's content. So he, he engaged, he commented on my post and he liked it. And he, he gave a really encouraging message, but because he had that big audience, like all of a sudden my post blew up, <laughs> my very first <laughs> post blew up and like, and I got all those connections and all this positivity. And so yeah, like, you know, I woke up the next day because, you know, being in Thailand, like for me, I, I went to sleep right after posting and I saw it and I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's insane. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, I can, I can actually figure this one out. Like to, to give you an idea, like my, my goal for LinkedIn for 2021 was to do, was to get 120,000 views because I had no idea how many views you could get, right? I got that number in like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that was just insane. I, I couldn't believe it, you know. And so then I just doubled Those down. Those were the I'm golden like, ages of LinkedIn. Yeah, but you know, I mean, uh, you know, people complain about the algorithm all the time. But I, I think it still works. It just works differently. You just got to adapt a little bit here yeah, and there. But right. you know, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still, it's still, it's still doing fine. It's still doing fine. It's just <laughs> a little hard to get, but yeah. Yeah, and and what well, I mean that clearly is, uh, shall we call it a lucky break? Um, you know, beginner's luck a little bit there, um, but oh, one definitely, but, <laughs> but, but if you want to be lucky, you got to put yourself out there. Oh, I would yes. never have been lucky if I didn't post. That's so right. I got, I got lucky. Yeah, it was borderline blind luck, but I still put myself out there and I benefited from it. So, and one thing I noticed about you uh, is that you talk a lot about how you systematize everything, uh, not just in, and we can talk about your, your day job, uh, but mm -hmm. even with LinkedIn, you've kind of built systems around um, what works for you. And that way you kind of save a lot of time. Can you share a little bit of your process and your systems that you use to uh, make LinkedIn work for you? Uh, sure. Well, it's still a work in progress because, you know, mm. it's something you always optimize and, you know, I'm trying to, exp I'm going to expand into Twitter, uh, more seriously, mm -hmm. uh, down the line. So that's definitely something I'm going to, uh, uh, I, I need to further systematize. The thing is, so, uh, just to, uh, give some context, like why do I systematize LinkedIn? At first I was posting every day and I was just like, you know, relying on my creativity uh the problem i had was two things number one there's some days i had lots of ideas some days i didn't have any ideas and that was terrible uh so you know i would just i come up with something and just dump something and it was a terrible post and it would flop and everything uh so that's the first thing the second thing was i realized pretty quickly that you want to if you want to be consistent you want to be predictable and so if in order to be predictable you need to show up at the same time every single day the thing is Life, especially when you have a kid like like myself, mm -hmm. is by essence unpredictable. You know, sometimes you're stuck in traffic. Sometimes you know you're working late. Sometimes you're having dinner. Sometimes your kid is crying or something. So you can't 
guarantee that you'll be on LinkedIn at a at time X every single day. That's just not possible. So I, I needed to build some systems in order to be more consistent in, and also to reduce the stress level, right? Because I wouldn't have to worry about like, oh man, I'm not going to post on LinkedIn today. I'm, I'm late. Ah, I'm going to miss my audience. I'm going to miss the, the golden hour and all these things, you know? So, so in terms of system, I do two things. So first of all, I use a scheduling app called Buffer. Yep. Uh, the good thing about it is that it's free for up and up to 10 posts. So if you post from like Monday to Friday, you have, you can schedule up to two weeks of content ahead of time, which is pretty nice. Um, so that's the first thing I, I use a scheduling app. And so my posts come out like at set times and it's a pretty reliable app. Uh, then the second thing I started doing was I started, um, determining so i have time slots so i have two time slots a day on weekdays and one time slot a day on weekends and pretty much i pre-plan so for example my afternoon post on mondays is going to be about content marketing uh my uh, i think it's my first day afternoon post on thursday is going and my first afternoon post is going to be on Facebook ads, you know, and then my Friday afternoon post is going to be on uh, TikTok ads. So then I kind of plan it ahead. I know what I want to talk about. So that way, when it comes to creating content, I'm like, okay, I need to come up with something about TikTok this week, or I need to come up about some, with something on LinkedIn. So then I know, you know, I can reflect on my past experience. Like, you know, what did I do? What did I learn that I can share? What is something that we do at Red Dot that could be valuable to my audience? Or if I don't know, if I, if I don't have anything, then I'm like, okay, well, that's an opportunity to learn something new. So I'm going to go to YouTube and just look for content that's useful and then see like how you can package it in a, in a way that's, uh, that's insightful for the audience. That's great. So, and, and ultimately, like by doing that, you not only systematize your, your output, but you're also systematizing your, your input as well and making it a habit for you to kind of like identify these are the topics. I'm going to be thinking about them, um, have a system to capture it down and and basically the post kind of builds itself out from there. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it needs to be into a daily habit or a routine uh, that you're kind of like um, putting in time, effort, you know, brain juice uh, to produce some kind of good quality content. If not, like I, I'm at a stage where you know, I'm, I'm depending on my creativity <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I write posts because for me, I'm more of a touchy feely kind. Like when I open the compose window, I kind of get ideas, uh, mm-hmm. from there rather than, you know, opening up, uh, an Excel template or, or something like that. So right. I'm, I'm more of that, uh, you know, I, in the moment I can get great ideas, but right. Yeah. But I think, um, where the difference lies is like, if you want to grow, you want to scale, you almost have to have some, you know, templates ready so that you don't start from a blank page. Right. I mean, it's, it's a way you also need to have a system to capture ideas because, you know, sometimes you have like some creative streaks and Mm. you just want to like be able to write those down and keep a stash of posts so that, you know, whenever you don't have ideas or something, you can just like, you know, put put into the queue. Um, But it's, uh, you know, it's, I mean, I, I, I get, I get your point, but I, I get your point, but I think like you said, like, if you want to scale, you probably want, if you want to be extremely deliberate about it, you're going to have to systemize and use templates just because if you're very focused on like one kind of 
audience and what kind of people, then you want to know exactly what you're going to talk about and what problem you're going to solve. You know, it goes back to the problem to the problem solving. Yeah. Uh, but I would put a caveat on it because you know I know I'm all about niche. I talk about niche all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one caveat I would say is if it's your first time posting on LinkedIn, and you know you're terrified of posting, you know, because posting is always a bit. It's always a bit uh, apprehensive at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, so the, the 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 key is to build that habit at first. Okay, so don't make the the action of posting a limiting factor. So let me explain. You posting is has to become a habit, especially if you're going to do it every day. Like posting and engaging has to become a habit. Otherwise, you're not going to be consistent. Like you're going to give up after a while. So the thing is, posting when you have no experience posting, no prior experience posting, it's already a huge effort. Okay. Thinking about a niche and thinking about problems that your niche might have, that's another layer of problems, right? So the thing is, when you're starting out and you want to niche down like right away, you're facing two layers of problems. And because you're facing two layers of problems, it's a lot more complicated. It requires a lot more effort. And because it requires a lot more effort, you might do it like once, twice, and at the third day, you just give up because you're like, you know what, that's not for me. It's too much time, too much effort. I'm not sure. I'm not getting engagement. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So instead, build the habit, focus on one month, and you say, okay, for one month, I'm going to post every day, no matter what, whatever pops through my head, I'm just going to post it. Because it gets, gets you in the habit of posting. It gets you in the habit of putting yourself out there. It gets you in the habit of engaging. Uh, it gets you in the habit of writing because you know writing is a skill that you have to practice every day. And once you have those fundamentals, once you're not worried at all about posting, once you're no longer worried about what people are going to think of your post, once you're no longer worried about your writing ability, then you can start being more deliberate about your niche because you don't have to worry about the fundamentals. You can move up to the next layer of problems which is finding out your niche and like focusing more on the problems and what exactly do you have to post and be a lot lot more deliberate and a lot more strategic about your content. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, I mean, just breaking down the problem. I think for most people, you nailed it on the head. It's the anxiety of posting for the first time because they're afraid of what people might think about their content. But, mm. you know, if you never try, you never know. Um, and then the next la- layer really, I think is what you said, yeah, to just get better. So you got to get started. And then you get better, you know, after you've started. Mm-hmm. So what perhaps maybe you might want to share, you know, what's next for you in terms of your, you know, for LinkedIn or your you know, personal um, goals in regards to, you know, uh, getting the most out of LinkedIn for you? Like what, what is it that you're trying to achieve here? Uh, to me, it's just trying to, so it's uh, two, yeah, I would say two things, uh, three things, three things. So the first thing is to build my personal brand because you know I think it's a it's a huge asset. Like my goal is to never have to apply for work ever again. Like you know if I want to look for a job, I'll just find a job through through my personal brand. Like you no, know, but just by posting a post like hey I'm available for work and people just just uh, contact me. Uh, or you know if I want to do freelance or if I want to start my own business, then you know I have I already have an existing brand. You know the, the thing is with a personal brand is. 
you have nothing to lose because the, wor- the, you know, the best thing that can happen is that you have an audience and an audience is extremely valuable and it moves around with you. Uh, you know, to give you an idea, like, you know, Red Dot gets viewed by people like 40 to 50,000 times a day because of my content. And that's something they benefit by just having me working for them. You know, if I work for another company, they will be the ones getting the visibility from my content. So that's something that you can really, really leverage for, for work and your professional life. So, so that's the first thing, like, you know, really like build my personal brand. The second thing is, is generate some, uh, some business for Red Dot because that's really part of our acquisition strategy. Uh, you know, getting people like pretty much being top of mind, like when people think growth marketing, they think Red Dot, oh yeah, Flo, he knows, he knows about growth marketing. I want to work with this guy. Uh, so that's the second, that's the second goal. Uh, and the third goal uh, is to really teach everything I know about marketing and about uh, LinkedIn. Like I see, I see, you know, there's so much, you know, we were talking about it earlier, you know, there's so much bad advice. Uh, and, you know, especially for like LinkedIn growth, like I see so much crap out there. It is even coming from like really, really big accounts. Like, you know, I see, I see so much, so much bullshit going around that, you know, hopefully the fact that I grow my brand and like I share what I know, it's going to help people like find a better system for the growth on LinkedIn rather than just relying on like, you know, algorithm hacks or like some, some crazy, some crazy strategy or pods or stuff like stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, that, that's it. That's, awesome. that's my goals. Yeah. We, you know, I, it's been great. Like just hearing your, uh, your journey and I'm sure, you know, this is not the end. This is just a start for you. Now, before we kind of wrap up here, is there one last thing that you like uh, to tell the audience? And, uh, you know, it can be anything. It can be about LinkedIn or it can be even about, you know, just, just marketing in general. Is there one thing that you like people to know? Uh, just about, yeah, I w- it would be something about marketing in general. Just whenever you see a piece of advice, just try it. Uh, <laughs> because seriously, like, you know, because the thing is someone's going to give you a piece of advice but you know, market, marketing is very much context dependent. So it might work really well for an industry or one specific client, and it wouldn't work at all for another industry. Or like you know, if people say like this is what you should do 100% of the time, they probably don't know what they're talking about because that's, there's no such thing as something that works 100% of the time. So always test, always test before you scale, uh, because otherwise you're going to waste a lot of money and uh, you're going to upset a lot of potential customers. Yeah, I like that. So try it and see if it works for you. Definitely. And it's the same for LinkedIn. It's the same for LinkedIn. It's the same for TikTok. It's the same for everything. Like just take a piece of advice, try it. And like, you know, by by trying it, what I mean is, so like I'm going to pivot back to LinkedIn. Hmm. So, you know, let's say I give you a piece of advice for LinkedIn, right? First, try to apply exactly what I say or exactly what I do, like the exact same thing, because you know it's it's working for me. If you there's a good chance that it will work for you if you do it right, you know, maybe not to the same magnitude, but there's a good probability it will work. It won't work 100% of the time, but there's a good probability it will work. And then once you nail that, then you can develop your style off that. So let me give you an example. If you look at Justin Welsh's post and you look at my post, if you look at them from like six months ago, you'll notice it's almost the same thing. So we don't write the same thing. Obviously, we don't, uh, you know, I don't plagiarize them. But 
you'll see it's a very same style. Because what I did was I would take a post from Justin, I would extract the structure and I would put my words in there and keep the exact same structure intact. Because I'm like, you know what, he probably knows what he's doing. He, he, you know, he develops all those crazy systems and stuff. He, he knows what he's doing. He probably studied the thing for like 100 hours. That'd be crazy not to copy this guy. So I, I would emulate him and emulate the structure like, word, like textbook. Like this is exactly what he does. I'm going to do the exact same thing. And then after a while, if you look at my more recent content and his content, you see there's a bit, a bit of a difference because I started creating my style based off his style. So you see it's the same base structure, you know, it's the same like feel and same like spirit, but there's still like, there's a flow style, there's a Justin style, but it all originates from me kind of really emulating him textbook and then like developing my own style based off that. And I think, you know, uh, when, when people follow advice, they try, uh, oftentimes what happens is they don't follow the advice like step by step. They try to take a shortcut or they try to like do it quickly or something because they want, they're excited and they want quick results. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it doesn't work because that's just, you know, they don't really apply all the principles. So that's, uh, that's something to be, you know, like swallow your ego, like just do exactly what people advise you to do. Then if it works, that's great. If it doesn't work, then you know it doesn't work. And then if it works and you want to like optimize it and make it yours, then you can always tweak it later on, like after you really master the core, uh, the yeah. core thing. Yeah. So try it. Yeah. There's nothing to lose anyway. You're starting from scratch. Just yeah. try something, uh, especially if it works for someone, it might work for you. So absolutely. That's awesome. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation today, uh, Florian, uh, or Flo, if I can call you Flo. Yeah, please call me Flo. Please yeah, call so me Flo. <laughs> thanks so much, Flo, for being uh, on this podcast. And uh, I think and I hope that we can have another conversation in the future. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always, it's always great talking to you and always great like, yeah, just talking about what I do, I guess. That's it for today's episode. I'm Samuel Cheong, and I hope you join me next time for The Marketer's Guide.